What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe O'Rico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes, and really every bit of content we got on the baseball side, you can find on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. Go ahead and follow there, and if you're not on Twitter, then go check us out at SportsEthos.com. You get all the rest of our content there, whether it is basketball, football, hockey, everything got going on at SportsEthos.com. We're going to be going through second base rankings today. We did catcher and first base yesterday. We're going to be talking about my updated second base rankings. My God, if you ever want to cause a stir on Twitter, just post some rankings. That's all you got to do. If you're ever bored, then you post some rankings, and then you will not be left alone uh, for the whole day from the mob on Twitter telling you, this guy's too low, this guy's too high, how do you not include this? It's honestly really fun, and I tweeted out earlier today, I might just update these every single day. I was joking, of course, uh, because that is an impossible task to update rankings every single day. But it was kind of a lot of fun going back and forth to some people about specific rankings and players that I'm too high, too low on, whatever. But we're going to talk second base today. We are going to be looking at my rest of season second base rankings, and we are going to start right at the top. Marcus Semien. Hard to put anybody besides Marcus Semien at the number one spot at this point of the season. In terms of all players, Marcus Semien is ranked inside the top five, depending on how depending on where you look for your rankings, whether it's your specific site that you play on that does their rankings or Razzball, whatever it is, Marcus Semien is usually in the top five. He's got 10 homers, seven steals, which doesn't sound crazy, those two numbers right there, just 10 and seven. There's a lot of guys with 10 and seven, but 58 runs, 53 RBIs, and the 286 batting average. He's leading off for the best offense in baseball, and he has been just absolutely unbelievable to this point of the season. Now, coming into the year, I also, like we did yesterday, uh, I'm going to look at where I had these guys ranked before the season. He was number two in my preseason second base rankings. He, he just does it all, right? And he's even batting for a high batting average this season, which is not something that you can usually expect from him. But the fact that he's maintained a 286 batting average for the first half of the season does lead you to believe that he could probably keep up, maybe not this exact pace, but something just a little bit higher than what we're used to from him. Maybe even if it's 260, 265, you'd be very happy with that because he's on pace for well over 100 runs, 100 RBIs, about 20-some-odd homers, and maybe you know, 15 to 17 steals, roughly, based on where he's at right now. You'll absolutely take it. I'll take that as the number one second baseman. A lot of platforms, he's got shortstop eligibility, too. He is a lot of fun to roster. If you have him, uh, t- there's really not many better second basemen that you could have right now. Number two is Mookie Betts. He was number one in my preseason rankings. Again, this is kind of just splitting hairs a little bit because you could really make the argument for him over Semien if you wanted to, especially considering, depending on your platform, you got Betts with second, short, and outfield eligibility. So that's always a lot of fun. He's batting 263, which is about 20 points lower than what we're seeing out of Marcus Semien. We haven't seen him steal as much over the course of the whole season, but he has started more recently. We've seen him steal only five bases this whole year, but four of them over the last month. So whether or not that will sustain is also kind of a question in my mind. The Dodgers offense is also very good. It's just not quite as good as what we have come to to generally expect. I mean, they're still they're 38 and 30. They're pretty good depending on which category you look at offensively. They're first in home runs. They're third in slugging, fourth in OPS. They're 19th in batting average, though. They're eighth in on-base percentage. They're a very good offense. Don't get me wrong. They're just not that juggernaut team that won, what was it, last year, 113 games or something like that. They're not quite as good. And I think for that reason, partly anyway, I'll put him just a little bit below Marcus Semien. But we are splitting hairs at this point. Right at the top, these two are the cream of the crop for second base. 
There's also, you know, one or two other guys that you could say are in that elite tier. There's one other guy that I'm going to put there as well. He's number three for me right now, and that's Jose Altuve. Now, my preseason ranking of him was number 10, and the reason for that is because, of course, the injury that he sustained right before the season started. I Initially, when I first did my second base rankings, preseason had Jose Altuve at number one. I couldn't really make that argument with him supposed to miss a couple months of the season. He came back, I believe, a little bit earlier than expected, but I just don't know that I'm going to put him ahead of those other two guys based on how strong they have been, and Altuve has been very good himself. You know, in his 67 at-bats, he's batting just under 270. He's got a couple homers. He's got three steals. He's doing Jose Altuve-like things. I just think of a couple different reasons. One, the eligibility. Two, the fact that he is getting a bit of a slower start than those other guys had. Not enough, not not necessarily not enough, but not as much time to ramp up as we've seen from Semyon and Betts. So Altuve comfortably here at number three. But again, any of these top three guys, if they finished as the number one second baseman for the season, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. It might be hard for Altuve to get there based on totals. He might get there if you look at per game uh, stats, which is... It's it's tricky for baseball. You know, you do that for, for fantasy basketball, and that's kind of the way to do it versus totals. It's it's kind of, you know, I, I, I find it kind of muddy, to be honest, when you do it with baseball. Because if you look at per-game totals, you're looking at, like, oh, he's averaging .12 homers per game, .18. It's kind of just makes it a bit of a headache. But he may end up being the number one if you just look at per-game stats at the end of the season. Any of these first three guys, Marcus Semien, Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, would not be the least bit surprised to see any of them end up on top. Next up is Tyro Estrada. I have Tyro Estrada at number four. He's excellent. Another guy with second short and outfield eligibility on Yahoo. He's not quite in that elite tier, but maybe we should be kind of thinking of him as an elite tier second baseman slash shortstop for fantasy purposes. If you look at what he did last year, 14 homers, 21 steals. He batted 260. He's on pace to surpass those numbers. He's got nine homers already, 15 steals, and he's batting 296. That's been the huge thing with Tyro Estrada. He's batting 296. He's batting generally one, two, or three in that uh, San Francisco lineup. It bounces around a little bit, but it doesn't really matter where he is. What he's doing is really, really good. It looks to be fairly sustainable if you look at the profile. I, I don't think that he's doing anything that is too crazy. Maybe this is a little bit more power than we were expecting out of him. You know, I don't know that we were going to, you know, project coming into the season like 20 home runs, but that's kind of what he's on pace for right now. About a 20 home run season, I think it's fairly sustainable what he's doing. He's striking out a little bit too much, a little bit more than what we've been used to from him. I shouldn't even say it's too much because it's only 23.9%. Last year, we just kind of got spoiled with the 16% strikeout rate, but he's actually, you know, despite the lower walk rate because of the higher batting average, he has a higher on base percentage than he did last season. I think that what he's doing should be able to sustain for the majority of the season. I don't see anything that's really too crazy. The BABIP is fairly high, but he's fairly fast. A little bit higher than what he's run in previous seasons, but I don't see that as being like a huge, so you got to sell Tyro Estrada kind of sign. I see him as being somebody with a lot of value. And rest of season, if you look at the projections, they're generally calling for another 11, 12 homers and about 15 more steals. So you're going to be looking at potentially a 20-30 season out of Tyro Estrada. He could even sneak his way above one of those first three guys, hypothetically. I don't expect it, but it wouldn't shock me either. He is just that good. I really have become a huge fan of Tyro this season. And if you go back and listen, I know probably nobody's going to do this, but our San Francisco Giants preview that we did, I want to say it was late February, maybe early March, somewhere in that range. I think it was late February. We had our good friends Casey Bubba and Justin Mason on the show, and they were very much hyping up Tyro Estrada. Uh, when I had those two on, I believe it was late February, which was a good listen. We did a team previews for almost every single team. If you guys want to go back and check them out and see how we did. But in that San Francisco Giants preview, uh, shout out to those guys because they were very in on Estrada and they were very right to be in on him. 
Number five, Jonathan India. Jonathan India. Oh, I guess I should say, actually, before I move on, where I had Tyro Estrada ranked coming into the year. I had him at 13. I had Tyro Estrada as my number 13 second baseman, which admittedly was too low. Now, the next guy, Jonathan India, I have him at number five right now. I had him at 11 coming into the season. Jonathan India has surprised everybody, I think, with the way that his career trajectory has gone after that great first season. Last year was not as good, and now this year, back to being really, really, really excellent. Jonathan India, eight homers, 12 steals, and a two seventy eight batting average to this point. He hit a home run yesterday as well. In that lineup where he is usually batting in the three spot, there is a lot to, not even just like, to love in Cincinnati. I'm a huge fan. I've become a huge fan of the Reds, which I never was before. I never really gave a shit about the Reds, to be honest with you. In my lifetime, they haven't really been that exciting. I've always liked Joey Votto, but that's kind of just been it. But if you look at them now, they are a lot of fun. With Friedel, they got McLean, India, Cruz, Steer, Stevenson, Will Benson. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like that hasn't even debuted yet in the minor leagues as well. I think Jonathan India in the middle of this lineup is going to be a fantasy force for years to come. And I think if you look at his season this year, it's a lot closer to what we were kind of hoping for with Jonathan India after he broke out on the scene in 2021. Did he win Rookie of the Year or was it Trevor Rogers? He did win Rookie of the Year. I knew it was between the two of them. I couldn't remember exactly who took it home. I think it was a fairly close vote. But in that rookie year, he had 21 and 12. This season, he's on pace to go for about the same thing. If you factor in like bat X, rest of season projections, He's going to go for 20 and 20, actually. He's, he's projected for 20-20 uh, from the bad X. So you'll absolutely take that to go along with a stellar batting average of 278. BABIP of 317 is literally right in line with his career BABIP. So it's not like he's getting really lucky or anything like that. He's cut his strikeout rate to below 20%. He's walking almost 10% of the time. Huge fan of Jonathan India in that lineup and that ballpark. I think that the sky's the limit for him. So... Go and see if maybe you can get him. I think he's going to be expensive right now, but I mean, I'm just really, really in on Jonathan India. So he's number five for me in terms of rest of the season, second base rankings. Number six, Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte was kind of an interesting one coming into the year. I was down. I was a little bit down anyway. I had him ranked as number 15 in my second base rankings. He was kind of a tricky one to nail down coming off of kind of a down year. He's honestly kind of coasted a little bit, if it's even fair of me to say, uh, off of that one really great season that he had a couple of years ago where he was a finalist for MVP, I believe. Let me just pull that up and make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. Yeah, he came fourth in MVP voting in 2019, which was far and away the best year of his career. He went for 32-92. He batted 329. Has never been quite that good again, but this year he's kind of not at the same level, but doing kind of similar fantasy-like things. He's hitting home runs for you at a much higher pace than he has in the last few years. He's not going to get the 32, but he should be able to like maybe sneak out 20. The stolen base pace is higher than we've seen it in ever for him, really. Uh, 11 was the highest he ever had in 2016. He's already got six through less than half a season. The batting average, really good. He's historically been a good batting average guy, but it's kind of fluctuated year in and year out. But this is a good year for Cattell Marte. I don't see any reason why he can't sustain what he's what he's done so far. I mean, he's batting at the top, getting fairly regular playing time in one of the better lineups in baseball. And it's crazy to say, but Arizona does have one of the better lineups in baseball. We've talked about it a couple times recently. They are the leading team in the National League West. If you're looking at team stats, they're fourth in runs, fourth in hits, third in average. They're fifth in slugging, fifth in OPS. They're right at the top of all those offensive categories. Marte's been a big part of that. He has been a huge part of that, giving you some power, some speed, scoring a lot of runs. I'm very comfortable having him right here at number six. I think these guys in this range are all a little bit similar once we get like beyond Jonathan India. But I think Marte starts kind of a, another tier here. Honestly, the first three guys are probably a tier. 
And then Estrada and Indy are probably a tier. And then there's another tier here uh, with Marte. And I think even continuing into the next guy, which is Ozzy Albies. Some people might think this is too low for Ozzy Albies, having him as the number seven second baseman coming into the year. Ozzy Albies, for me, was number four. I was expecting more of a bounce back from him, and he's been pretty good. He hasn't been quite the Ozzy Albies we saw a couple of years ago that we were kind of hoping would return to that form. But he's hitting a lot of home runs. He's got 15 of them so far. He's in a really great lineup. He's usually batting. I mean, honestly, it's not even really came to say usually because he bounces around so much. But generally in the middle of that lineup, he's batting second today, which is good. He's generally a little bit lower than that. Not sure if that will sustain, but I think the power can generally sustain. I think the way he's batting, uh, you know, batting average-wise, 257, I think we'll generally see something like that. In that great lineup, uh, I, I'm pretty confident having him at number seven. I, I have him a little bit below Marte, and I have him just above Bryson Stott here and a couple of other guys. I think it's a good range for him. You could argue that he should be higher, but what we've seen from him this year hasn't been overly impressive outside of the power, so I think it is justifiable to have him a few spots lower than I would have had him before the season couple of individual Braves, you know, Austin Riley, Michael Harris, uh, you know, they've, and, and Albies himself, they've kind of disappointed a little bit, even though the team hasn't. If you look at the team batting statistics, I mean, they're top three in pretty much every category. But there have been some individual disappointments there to go along with, obviously, you know, Ronald Acuna doing amazing things, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy. I mean, even Marcelo Zuna has been really good recently. But there have also been some slight disappointments, and I think it would be fair to classify Albies as one of those uh, slight disappointments. Moving on to number eight, Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott kind of goes in and out in terms of the fantasy world, in terms of how people view him, especially this season, because he's kind of had an up-and-down year. Like, it started off really good, and then he kind of went real cold for a while. Right now, he's batting just a tick under 300. It's 299. He's got six homers, 10 steals, 28 runs, 26 RBIs. His stance in the batting order kind of moves around. He was leading off for a while. Now he's more in the 5-6 hole, but he's really been producing, especially recently. Batting 330 over the last month. He's a top 30 player over the last month. In this lineup that I am pretty sure will figure things out, I don't really have any concerns about projecting him for a really strong rest of season. You know, I, I do think that the Phillies will generally kind of figure it out. There's some stats where they're already doing fairly well. They're top 10 in slugging, top 10 in average, top 10 in base hits. You know, they're they're not a horrible offense, despite the fact that they have been underwhelming. I think Trey Turner's starting to turn it around. Bryce Harper's been not the greatest, but I think over time we will see those guys, Kyle Schwarber as well, kind of give us more of what they classically do. It'll add more counting stats, more potential for runs and RBIs in that lineup, and even just what Stott has been doing. If he keeps up his current pace, you're looking at like maybe you know 15, 20 to go along with potentially a 300 batting average. There's a lot to really like with Bryson Stott, especially if he does get moved back up to that leadoff spot or even in the 1-2 kind of range, even if it's kind of bouncing back and forth in that kind of territory 1-2 in the order. I think there's a lot of value in Bryson Stott right now. Nico Horner is number 9, and I actually I didn't say Bryson Stott's preseason ranking. It was pretty low for me. It was 26. Uh, I was not a huge Bryson Stott guy coming into the year, but here we are. He has been absolutely incredible. Uh, moving on to Nico Horner. Where did I have Nico Horner before the season? I actually only had him... Uh, in sh- in my shortstop rankings, Nico Horner. Now he is kind of a tricky one. There's uh, the thing that I did with these rankings. I just picked one position for for these players, and I got a lot of people saying like, "Oh, so you're taking uh, Ezekiel Tovar over whoever?" You know, because I had Tovar in my shortstop rankings. It's not meant to be that direct necessarily. I understand people want to look at it like that. 
but I didn't want to have guys going over multiple positions. Next time I do it, I probably will do it like that. Just go with one format, whether it's Yahoo or whatever, probably Yahoo in all honesty, and look at their eligibility and just rank everybody based on where they're eligible in that format, which means Brendan Donovan will be listed a bunch of times and so on and so forth. I didn't do that for this exercise. Nico Horner, generally kind of viewed more as a shortstop, but he's been predominantly a second baseman this season. So he is in the second base rankings. He wasn't in the second base rankings coming into the year because, well, he didn't play a single game at second base last season, and that's not where I had him in my rankings. But regardless, Nico Horner is doing very similar things to what we saw him do last year. You know, he's stealing a lot of bases. He's hitting for a pretty high batting average. He's got a little bit of power, more so than we ever would have thought that he's given you. He's doing exactly what you would have thought. Uh, you know, honestly, maybe even a little bit more in terms of the steals because he's got 15 already. He only had 20 last year. Decent chance he ends up with 25-plus stolen bases to go along with 10 home runs. Good batting average all around, giving you really great production at the top of that Cubs order, which is not great. But anybody batting at the top of the order does have some interest just based on the fact that they're, you know, a top-of-the-order kind of bat. The fact that Horner, or Herner, I honestly butcher that one sometimes. I hear it pronounced both ways, Horner, Herner. But Nico, we'll call him Nico, is doing really, really excellent things for the Cubs. That batting average right in line with what you'd expect. Everything pretty much right in line with what, you'd expect, what you would expect. Uh, so no problem having him at number nine. Luis Arise is number 10 for me. He's also a tricky guy to rank because he doesn't really do much outside of just, you know, get on base. He has one home run and one stolen base for the season. Actually, that was that was as of yesterday. Let me just double check and make sure that there's nothing. I don't know. I don't think so. No, yeah, he's still got one homer. One stolen base. He's batting 378, which is the huge thing for him. And honestly, that's been the worst category for him over the last week. He's batting only a buck sixty over his last 25 at bats. He's only got four hits, which does show you that he's not going to bat 400, but he's still going to be somebody who bats in the 360, 370 range potentially, which is just huge for your team. He's batting in the leadoff spot of the lineup now. They have pulled their heads out of their asses. He was batting third for quite a while. I tweeted it out when I was when I noticed it after the first couple weeks of the season. Like, hold on a second. You're telling me Luis Arise is batting 423 or whatever it was at the time, and he's batting third, and you got random shit leading off. I shouldn't even say. I, that's just, I shouldn't refer to players like that. But you got random awful players leading off, and you got Luis Arise, who was getting on base almost half the time, batting third. It made no sense. Now he's leading off. Despite the fact that he's not giving you a lot of counting stats, that batting average is huge. 378, let's call it 360 even for the year. That's a huge, huge bonus to your fantasy team's first and second base eligibility. Even if he doesn't hit another home run or steal another base, it would suck. But the bonus you're getting in terms of batting average, in terms of some runs, in terms of the odd RBI as well, because you've got 30 RBIs. It's not a terrible number of RBIs. 15, or excuse me, 16 of them over the last month. It's, it's not a bad total at all for a guy like him, especially considering he's been leading off recently. Uh, no problem having him at, uh, having him at number 10. I had him at 17 before the season. Uh, I know some people would say he should be higher. Some people say he should be lower. Some people think he's an MVP candidate. I have him at number 10 here, and I feel pretty confident with that. Moving on to number 11, Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield, I thought was not dead before the season, but I didn't think we were going to see anything like this. So he was 21st in my preseason rankings. Right now, Whit Merrifield is one of the leaders in the American League in batting average. He's batting 308 right now. He's got 18 steals, a couple of homers, 29 runs, and 26 ribbies. He is playing every single day for the Blue Jays. It was a question, in my mind, maybe in some people's minds, it wasn't as much about whether or not he would get playing time before the year, if it would be Santiago Espinal. It was a legitimate question. Espinal was an all-star last year. He showed very, very good defensive metrics at second base. He was really good. Uh, I believe he was a finalist for a gold glove as well, Santiago Espinal. I, I might be wrong on that. But 
Whit Merrifield has taken over that everyday role at second. He plays in the outfield here and there. He's a great utility guy to have, and he's been excellent. He's been everything that Jays could have hoped for and more this year after kind of disappointing last year. He's already surpassed last year's stolen base total. He had 16 all of last year. He's got 18 already this year. Good lineup. I mean, he's usually in the either in the middle or the bottom half of it, but regardless, there's still good potential for counting stats in the Blue Jays lineup. And I think overall, Whit Merrifield has earned his way into you know a first round, not excuse me, not a first round, but in terms of the first 12 uh, second base rankings. I'm kind of using football terminology there. If anybody uses, anybody plays fantasy football, you know, if a guy is a top 12 wide receiver, they call him uh, WR1, a wide receiver one. I guess he's a second base one, I guess, if we're going to use kind of football words. But you can tell by my lack of prowess with the football talk that I am definitely more suited for fantasy baseball. But Whit Merrifield very happily have him at number 11 there. Number 12, Nolan Gorman. It was a toss-up between Nolan Gorman and Glaber Torres for this spot for me, but I went with Nolan Gorman. It, it's you, you could go either way, in all honesty, but I went with a guy, in my mind, who is probably going to have, I mean, I guess it's very basic to say, I think he's probably going to have the better season, uh, the better remaining part of the season, I guess, because that's the way my rankings reflect. But I do think if you're just using that direct comparison, you're going to get more power, more counting stats out of Gorman. Similar everything, really, except you're going to have more power and more counting stats uh, with him versus with Glaber Torres. You've also got second and third eligibility with Nolan Gorman versus just second with Glaber. So there's also that piece of information. Where did I have Mr. Gorman before the season? Uh, Yeah, he was in my third base rankings, actually. He wasn't even in my second base rankings because I wasn't sure if he was even going to play second base uh, before the year. Yeah, he was not. He was not on there. Just making sure before I was talking to my ass. But no, he was not somebody that I had ranked preseason in my second base rankings. But here at number twelve, I think honestly the Cardinals lineup as a whole is really due to turn it around. I, I don't expect them to be this bad the whole season. They've already, in you know, in some ways started to improve a little bit. They're still in the basement, I believe, of the Central. Yeah, they are twenty-seven and forty-two. But I think that offensively, even if you look at what they're doing now with the horrible first half, they're still the top half of every uh, metric offensively. They're 11th in runs, 15th in hits, 15th in average, 12th in slugging, 6th in home runs. I feel like they'll turn it around more and more as the year goes on. And Nolan Gorman is in a prime position to be one of those players that factors into that. He's batting third in that lineup every single day. He's giving you power. He's giving you a little bit of speed. Not much on the batting average front, but I think overall when you look at the 46 RBIs, you look at the 15 homers, there's a lot to like with Gorman, especially batting third in that lineup with multi-position eligibility. So I'll just run through them once more here. Marcus Semien, Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, Tyro Estrada, Jonathan India, Cattell Marte, Ozzy Albies, Brayson Stott, Nico Horner, Luis Arise, Whit Merrifield, and then Nolan Gorman at 12. Guys, that'll do it for me for today. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at third base. I was going to do them both today, but I wanted to split it up and just focus more so one position per day if possible. There might be some that I put together, but you guys got second base today. Let me know what you think over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99. Also, at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. You get all of our new content there. And, of course, SportsEthos.com, if you guys have not checked it out yet. Go and check out all of our great stuff. There's football coming up right around the corner, so you guys are going to want to be paying attention to what our guys are putting together on the gridiron because that is going to be pretty damn soon. I'm already seeing a ton of tweets about football, but I will let you go. We're not talking football anymore on this podcast today. That's plenty enough out of me. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow and do third base rankings. But until then, take care, have a great night, and cheers.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.